Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan. And uh, actually, on our first take, <laughs> we started it just a second ago. And, and Garen had to like sneeze or snort or something. And we had to restart it. Yeah, there, there, it is there again. we go. There it is. See, we're both in bad shape today. We both did a lot of yard work yesterday. Yep. So our allergies are acting up. So we got like the, what'd you call it, Garen? The, what's our voice today? Well, this is the Lego Batman version. Oh, yeah. The it. Lego, right. Uh, yeah, Lego Batman. Or just the, the Batman version, you know. And we're recording earlier than we normally do. Yeah, so earlier. also our, so, you know, my body's not used to waking up to like 10, 30, 11. Yeah. So I'm really so haven't weird. had my prime yet. That was a joke, guys. I feel like there is a faction of people out there who really think I would wake <laughs> up at 10, 30. Not, not, not usually. Um, hey, good stuff yesterday, Garen. That was a really good message. Um, powerful story. Really powerful story. Um, Man, once again, you just take a story that I think we all know and add a lot of context to it and really bring it to life and then just go deeper with it. And so if you had told me, oh, we're going to talk about Isaac and Abraham today, I thought, okay, well, I probably know the story. I would have never guessed that it was going to be to that depth and that significance. Yeah, so It's very rich. I mean, as I dove into it, that's why that 3D book thing came to mind. I'm like, there's just, it's not just a story of them, but there's just... Like there's so much God put built into it. It's really crazy. There's a lot built in. Man, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, so we started in Genesis 22, talking about how God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son and he is obedient to it, right? That, and, and something else that you added yesterday is Abraham is not only immediately o o obedient yeah. to it, that the next day he starts yeah, out. Early so in the morning. He's... Immediate obedience. But then it's a three-day journey to uh, Moria. Yeah. And he doesn't turn back. No. He could have bailed at any time on that journey. Can you imagine the mental... Oh, the anguish. Like, what was he thinking on the way there? Yeah. I... Wow. Yeah, the whole way. Later, we're going to talk about more similarities between this story and the story of Jesus' crucifixion, but maybe even a little bit in the mind of Abraham, like that walk up the mountain. Yeah. Just like... Am I really going through with this? Yeah. Because you know, Jesus, his walk up to Golgotha, up, up Moria, yeah, right? Right. Like he, he could have stopped it at any moment. Yes, he could have. They both were very much in control of the circumstances. Yes. Yep. And just like, am I really going to do this? So. Yeah. It's. We like to read that story and it's just a little Sunday school story, but to really put yourself in his place and think, whoa, could I have done that? Yeah, it, we should almost ban that one from Sunday school. It is so intense. Yeah, let's I'm cancel it. Not seriously, but I mean, it is. <laughs> if you think about it, it is. That's why I said there's still a little bit of a cringe factor to the whole thing. Well, yeah, me. because, and that was one of my questions to you <clears throat> afterwards was like, Garen, where's the line? Because if somebody told me, 
yeah, my God told me to kill my son. I mean, that person's in a mental institution now. Yes. Like they're yes. in jail. Uh-huh. And we don't think of them as a prophet from God. We right. think of them as somebody who needs medication yes. in a real way. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So like, where's the line here? Because yeah. if Abraham was in 12th Avenue Baptist Church and he said this to us, we would like call child services on him. Uh-huh. So I know. I mean, what do we it's, do with this? Yeah, there's, there's, it generates a lot of questions. And I think that's why I think ultimately the thing for me that's so helpful is that God doesn't, it doesn't intend and is not going to let him go through with it. If some somebody says, God told me did that and I went and killed my family, which we hear those stories even today, that that's, I think this story, yeah, I don't know. It's just so unique. You know, Abraham was hearing from God in multiple ways. He encountered the angel of the Lord two other times. So he knew the voice. He had encountered him physically twice before this. So he knew the voice. I think it's just really unique. There Maybe, was no like question like, who is that? What's that right. voice or something? That's a great point. That at this point in the story, he knows the voice of the angel of the Lord. Uh-huh. And it is a familiar voice coming yes, to him. It's it is not a random voice in his head. Yeah, right. It's like, I know who this is. And, and the other thing is he doesn't let him go through with it either. Yeah, and he doesn't let him go through with so it. So somebody came to us today and said, God told me to kill this person. Yeah. And then they come back and like, okay, well, he stopped me. I mean, you're still not super sure that no, person not, should be leading a life yeah, group. No, but not, like, not at all. But at least you're glad that they didn't go through it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, and as revelation, as we learn more and more about God and who he's like, and we come to Jesus, the full revelation of God, that it's just clear God just doesn't. That was a one-off thing in history. And we can talk later. There were reasons for it, but yeah, but he knew the voice was familiar. And so it wasn't like, you know, I don't, he just, I don't know, part of this, or something. part of this just doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't sit well with me, but I'm just still wrestling through part of it. Yeah. And isn't that, to me, that's what I love about scripture is I can't figure all of it out. And there's still parts of it I read yeah. and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. You can't, but, you can't tie a pretty bow on it and it's perfect. Yeah. Because if it was made up, you'd be able to do that. Yeah, probably. if it was made up, yep. That's all it is. is. If messy. people are just making up stories that are going to be feel good, then there's not going to be yeah. mess to them. And this one is feel good, but there's still some weirdness to work through. Yeah. Um, can I mention something else that I was thinking about? And you alluded to it a little bit yesterday. Isaac is like, what, maybe early 20s here? Yeah, late teens, early 20s. So he's like a, he's like a young man. Yeah. It's like Ian Coleman Hole. Yeah. Okay. That like, that yeah. kind of age. Yes. And he could have easily run away or fought back or, oh, or yeah. killed his own dad. hundred year old Oh, man. God told you to kill me? Well, guess yeah. what? Uh-huh. He told me to kill you. Here. Dad, let's arm wrestle really quick. Right. See who gets that knife. Yeah. I mean, he's a hundred year old man. It's so, so Isaac easily could have. The compliance of Isaac. Yeah. Now he didn't know all the way on the journey. Not all the way. He didn't know, but they get to the top. And they, he asks, Father, where is the sacrifice? And he tells him. And then he willingly gets, I mean, he left. Abraham didn't have to tie him down or anything. Yeah. <laughs> he willingly gets on the altar and lays down and is ready to take the knife. Yeah. And so we don't talk about the faith of Isaac enough. Yeah. That's part, and I didn't have time to hit that. But that's part of the reason I said yesterday, like, Isaac, I've always thought got so little press. And to realize, one, that he's the picture of Jesus, but even his faith in that is really quite amazing, to be honest. So he doesn't get a lot of press, but man, his moment, it's a pretty big moment, and he comes through. Yeah, we talk a lot about Abraham's faith. His was, I don't know, could it could even be more, I'm not sure. 
being willing to. Yeah, I don't to, know it would be harder. Yeah, I don't know what would be harder. To give up your own, and here another comparison to Jesus, right? Like, yeah. what's harder to give up your own life or to yeah, maybe, destroy maybe the Abraham's most prized? Was, yeah, maybe Abraham's was harder, but still Isaac had a ton of faith. Yeah, let's not let Abraham off the hook here. Yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here. I think we could say that with confidence. So the name ends up of God that we're talking about ends up being Yahweh Yaira. Yep. Which is, I am your provider. Yes. And I think there's a lot of people out there who've probably heard a version of this. Yes. The, most, the way they've heard it most of the time. Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. Which is, we grow up singing a song about Jehovah yes. Jireh. Uh-huh. And so that's what I knew him to be. So can you tell me why it's yeah, not that? The, the J is Latinized. The J, it's a Y in Hebrew. So it's Yahweh Yaira, but the, the Latin has no Y in their language. So they, would they Latinize it, made a Jehovah. Do you remember in um, the Indiana Jones, can we bring up Indiana Jones, the third movie with uh, Sean Connery? And he has to get to the- Oh, Last Crusade? The, yeah. He has to get to Jesus, the wine cup or whatever it's called. Oh, the, yeah. The... And he has to cross the, the Latin letters that spell Jehovah. And he's, on, he's about to step uh... on a J and then he goes, no, 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 it's a Y in Hebrew, and he steps on the Y oh. because he knew that it had been Latinized. So it really is in Hebrew, it's Yahweh wow. Yaira. But we've, we've, yeah, after the Latin translation, the Vulgate, uh, Jehovah is, Jehira is what it became, but it really is Yahweh Yaira. So can you talk about where Jehovah came from? Because that's not a Hebrew word, right? Yeah, so it's, it's just that if I took those, the Y-H-W-H, and you took the Jehovah and dropped out the vowels, you have J-H-V-H, and that W can be written as a V, but okay. it's... And they yeah. just filled so in So it's, it's the same vowels. letters. Uh-huh. They filled in different vowels and put the J on it. Okay. Yeah. But the important thing of that name is, is that Yaira is... The root word is to see. And when I learned that many years ago and understood that it meant to see beforehand, so that was... A, that, to this day, is a very big deal to me. That frequently when I'm like, I have no idea how God going to fix this this is unfixable. It's humanly impossible. In my mind, I'm like, you know what? He has been working on this maybe for years and I've got to trust that. So this image of seeing beforehand to me is a big deal. I hope I gave that, made that big enough of a point and it didn't get lost in the Jesus. No, I don't think so. Cause yeah, you talked about the Latin of providere and all that. We won't go through that, but basically the, the root of it is that it can be broken down into two words, pro before videri see. And uh-huh. so when it's when we say that God provides for us or when he calls himself Yaira, provider, that it really means that he is looking ahead to our needs yes. and he is giving them to us. Yeah, and he's already worked way ahead of time. He's way ahead of us. It. Yeah. We we encounter a need and we think, God, I, I know this is going to be news to you, but I really need this thing. Yes. And we imagine yes. God right. like, okay, wait, what do yeah. I do now? What? <laughs> how can I shift things around to make this happen? Yeah. And in reality, he's seen it from eternity yeah. past and he knows what we need. Yeah. Hold on. I, wait, I mean, that other guy's need. Can you give me a couple hours and I'll yeah, come back and on. think about yours? Yeah. No, it's, that's why it's. Well, it's like in Bruce Almighty when he's trying to balance everybody's needs and requests, right? Yeah. All I mean, at the same time. And, and then yeah. control whatever. He just yeah. is like, yes to all, you know, that's God, right? No, he knows your story and your needs so intimately and he sees them from eternity past, which gives you even more confidence. Yeah. That he, uh, not only is able to see your needs and knows what you need, but is able to give it to you. Yeah. And how many times have you had him meet a need and then you look back and you're like, oh, I can almost see his hand was at work ahead of time. But, you know, we, we, we only see life through a rear mirror. We can't see it looking forward. So we've got to trust that he's looking forward. 
and that his vision leads to our his, that his vision leads to his provision. Yeah, you said that. That was really cool. That God's prevision leads to our provision. Yeah, that was, that was neat. That sounded really snappy. Did I'd like to say I, I'd like to say I invented it, but oh, uh, I had man. to steal that from somebody. Who's that? I don't remember where I got that, but just in my reading and research on it, I, I read that and I'm like, that's pretty good. That is very good. It's a, it's one of those snappy things. It's really easy to remember. Something else you asked of us yesterday was to think about how Abraham followed through and how he was blessed. Like he, yeah, he had immediate obedience. He had long-standing obedience. He was ready to go through with it to the very end, and so he was blessed because of it. But what if he had quit early? He would have never known God on that level. Yeah, would not have known him as a, his provider. And then you turned it back to us and just, and yourself really, and just said, how often do we, how often do I bail early uh-huh. and miss the blessing? Yep. I'm not obedient to something I felt you wants me to do. And I bail on it. And then I'll never, in that instance, I'll never know if he had, how, how he would have come through and I would have known him more intimately and deeply. Yeah. yeah. Either you're slow to obey uh-huh. or you... Yeah, or not, your faith is not long-standing, and so yeah. you don't. Or you try to think, I can fix it better. He's not obviously going to do it. Right. So I start doing a fix that actually makes it worse. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's got a mess to deal with. So, yeah, Abraham, you know, you and I talked ahead of time. He he didn't have a great track record. In fact, I preached a sermon on that last year. But his faith in this thing was pretty amazing, pretty huge. Um, I'm impressed with the guy. Well, and that kind of leads us into what we we're going to say next. We, You know, you talk about, there's a there's God's way to get it done and there's our way to get yeah. it done. And so with this, Abraham even thought that it was going to go his way. I mean, you showed us some, and that was so helpful too, Garen, because I've always wondered, what the heck is the end game for Abraham here? He kills his son, he stays dead, and then like what? He just lives the rest of his life with no kids? I mean, yeah. what, or maybe he's not even thinking that far ahead, I don't know. But then you from Hebrews showed this passage where it kind of becomes clear that Abraham was expecting God to raise his son back from the dead. Yeah. And so we think that in, in Abraham's mind's eye, he kills him and then God brings him back to life. And so if that's what he was envisioning, if that was Abraham's way, Abraham's probably even still really glad that God intervened and did it his way. Oh, definitely. Because God's way was a ram in the thicket, which is much better than... Than you sticking a knife. Having and... to kill your son. Yeah, and your son remembering this. Well, we'll, yeah, then we'll we get talk, to that in a minute. We talked about that. Like, how <laughs> awkward of a walk down the mountain is that? Like, if it goes Abraham's way and he legit stabs his son and he dies, and then he comes back to life, I just see Isaac waking up like, so you really did it, huh? Yeah, you, I can't believe it. <laughs> I didn't it. know that you were really good. Yeah, I kind of thought you might stop right at uh, yeah, the end. Yeah, I kind of thought that being your son, I don't know, would yeah, have stopped right. you from that. <laughs> yeah. so I've been, they're walking back to camp. Yeah. <laughs> April Fool's, <laughs> then you go back. Yeah. So awkward. Pat and I even talked about that. Like then, So you get back home and then like Isaac moves his tent a mile away because he's like, I never know when that guy's going to hear another voice. Right, no kidding. Come after me. I don't know. Yeah, it would have been really awkward. That would put some serious uh, strain on the relationship, I think, for the rest of their days. So so God's way was way God's better. God's way was right? way better. Way better. And just that idea that that how many times I think I know how something should play out. God sees it differently. He's providing differently. And I... My whole point with that, I think, is just I need to be willing to let him do it differently than I expect because his yes. will always be better than mine. Right. Timing and everything. So there are just so many times in my life I look back and I'm really like, oh, for 10,000 as far as like, to me, it was so clear or so obvious that this is what needed to happen or 
or what I needed to do. And I didn't really consult God about it, but I go do it. And I just look back and I'm like, man, that was so not the move. And man, I've got to train myself at some point to have bigger faith Yeah, and just say, okay, God, even though, because I love to rely on my point of view and I'm kind of a control guy. And so it's just like, okay, I got to release that. And I just got to trust you, God, yeah. because, and every time I do that, I'm never disappointed. Right. So, in, you know, yeah. logically it makes sense that I <laughs> would do that more, but gosh, it's just so hard because God's way is often so counterintuitive yeah. to our instincts. Yeah. So, but worked out for Abraham. And so counterintuitive, we can't even imagine it happening that way. And to us, there's no way for it to get fixed well. And that's why I Which is right where control. God wants us though. Yeah. You know, in a place where we have to lean on him. Yeah. Because that's what real faith is. So Abraham did it. Um, okay. And then you kind of brought us to this crescendo, this man, this really, uh, this new level to this story, which is that Jesus is our ultimate provi- provision. And I think that many of us who have heard this could could make that mental leap and that's not too crazy or whatever, but the ways that you showed us just how much this story both mirrors the story of Jesus and then points ahead to him was really, really incredible. Um, so you don't have to read them all, but a few of those similarities between Jesus' story and this story, what were like a couple that were really significant or just eye-opening or new for you? That they both happen in the region of Moria, and we have good evidence from the text that says, on this mountain it will be provided. So that it, it happened in the exact same place. You know, they both have two dudes accompanying them. For Jesus, it's those thieves. You know, Isaac and Jesus are both carrying the wood. They're going to be <clears throat> put to death on. Both are laid on the wood that they're going to be put, and both are willing. We just talked about that. There's just some really, and that three-day one, you know, the first, I've been thinking about that for a while, and I'm like, that one, it's just three-day journey. I'm like, that's like, sounds like resurrection language, but it's, it's not after. And I'm like, I don't know about that one. And then I, I got really curious and I thought, um, I want to dig into that a little bit. So I've talked before, there's a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint, right? Mm-hmm, and right. That, was the, that was the Bible that in Jesus' day, that was Greek-speaking Jews. That's what they used. Everybody, all the Gentiles, that's what they used. And so I looked up the Greek translation of three days and I don't need to tell you the words, but in the New Testament, when it talks about the three days and the resurrection, it uses the exact four words, exact Whoa. same order. Wow. First Corinthians 15, four is a great example where it talks about this is the gospel that Jesus died and on the third day, and it's the exact, it's written exactly the same way. So even the New Testament is using the exact same Septuagint language that it was using there. And I thought, okay, that's really cool that God, in that translation, he made it that the words that they chose in the Greek made it into the, even how the New Testament talks about the resurrection. So I think that... Because when the Greeks are translating the Septuagint, do you think they're understanding all the little nuances of the text? Oh, no clue. They're just... Yeah, they're, yeah. I mean, they understand the text <clears throat> and then they're picking, hey, let's but use... not all these deep yeah, little... Yeah, not the deep... Easter eggs. Yeah, not the Easter eggs. They have no clue, right? They're going, we're going to use these four words. And then that's what the New Testament, whenever it speaks to resurrection, use the exact same four words. Which really points even more to a divine author. Yes, that there, the God in, in this story, there was so much. I, I love how you just said that. 
there's a lot of Easter eggs in here that Abraham didn't know, the Old Testament people. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, for, for thousands of years, they're saying, 2,000 years, they're saying, on this mountain, it will be provided. And they have no clue what they're saying. But God knows, and he had that. That's in there because it's pointing to Jesus. I think oftentimes we look back and think, oh, back then, that's when they were, you know, that would have been the great time to live because you're living in the biblical times and all this. And there's some merit to that. But at the same time, if they could look ahead to us and see this complete 66 book Bible and, and just be able to read God's story from beginning to end with all these little nuggets and Easter yes, eggs and, uh-huh. and long threads all through yeah, the Bible. Right they would say, wow, that is the really cool part. Yeah. So when we dig into the Bible and see those longstanding themes, Genesis to Revelation, there's a lot of blessing in there that former generations haven't had. Yeah. So they're reading it on one level, just they're reading this Abraham story. It's like a flat, it's like a book with a flat page. That's why I did that 3D. And then when you realize God puts so much in that, like it comes, it comes to this new life when we get to open it up that they never understood. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Can we go back to something you said? You talked about, because this, if this is true, this is seriously mind blowing for me. And maybe the most, no, definitely the most significant thing you said yesterday. So there are lots of hilltops around what would later be Jerusalem. Yes. When Abraham goes there to sacrifice Isaac, it's not yet Jerusalem. Not yet. No, there, yeah, there's not Jerusalem yet. There's a small town there called Salem. But there's like several peaks. Uh-huh. These there's hills. these little hill. Probably hills is a good word, but yeah. Probably hills, yeah. And there's what, probably like four or five in that area that we're talking about? I think I drew, put boxes around six or seven, and there's okay. a bunch more that I that were off to the side. I didn't even. But in this kind of controlled space, there's there's this fewer number we're looking at. And so you, it says in the story of Abraham, it was in the area of Moria. Yeah, in the region of Moria. In the Moria. region of Moria, uh-huh. but not necessarily Mount Moria. Yeah, it didn't say Mount Moria. Um, so it's in the region, so it's close by, which puts us, puts us in like the Jerusalem range. Yes. And then you were talking about just reasons why you believed that to be the same place that Jesus was also crucified, which wouldn't surprise me because the Bible is that deep and it's that beautiful that it just makes sense. But from like an archaeological or historical standpoint, could you just share, I mean, if there's several places it could be why you think that's the place? Yeah, there's, there's no, we don't know, like there's no archaeological evidence of where Isaac, that happened. We don't know any of that. But the key is that verse... 14 or 15, where it says, where they say, God will, on this very mountain, God will provide. And that's the thing they said for hundreds, the Jews said for hundreds and hundreds of years. Talking about will provide the lamb. Yeah, the the, the lamb. The lamb would be provided on that very same mountain. Oh, okay. And, And there's probably, there's actually a lot of scholars think that they thought that what the Jewish people were thinking is, oh, that's the temple mount where we do daily sacrifice. But it's interesting because it's the lamb. It's singular. It's not it's a the, lamb. It's not a lamb, and that so they're they're think they're probably doing this thinking. Oh, on in Moria, yeah, that's where on Mount Moria, that's where the temple's built. That's where the daily sacrifices are. But that language is so specific that that's why a lot of people think scholars think that actually it was on Golgotha where this happened, not up on Moria. And you were talking to me before about. You did a drawing about which direction they would have come from. Yeah. And just the people groups that were surrounding different mountaintops at that point and how they they weren't friends with them, so they wouldn't have gone that way. Yeah. And so just were, it maybe even makes sense that they would have ended up at Golgotha yeah, just There was a small town built on the ridge right by the Temple Mount. And so going up that, they would have had to have gone through that 
that village. That wall, it was a walled village. And that's not really super likely. It's more likely that he picked one of the outlying ones where nobody had built anything and right. it was just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Because if you're going to plunge a knife into your son, yeah, if you're gonna, you if don't you're really gonna... want a lot of people around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. So that that is really significant. And that is just incredibly cool. Yeah. Wow. So you can't, nobody can say that 100% certainty. We don't know. But that the odds are really high that that is what it was talking about. Because here is the other part. So in, in chapter 22 of Genesis, verse 8, it says that God will provide a lamb looking future tense. Uh-huh. Verse 13, the lamb will be provided future tense. It's not talking about this moment here with Isaac. Yeah. It's talking about that something the, much yep, that that lamb further ahead. did not get provided that day. That's why that lamb ram thing is so significant. And I think because I don't know sheep, to me, it was like the same thing. And so I always read it as, oh yeah, lamb was provided. And, but that, that's when I started thinking and reading and I'm like, no, that's, it is very different. If you grow up with sheep, that's why I did the, the calf, the bull, there's a big difference. Yep. So that lamb was not provided that day and it was going to be provided the lamb in the future. And that's all Jesus stuff. Hmm. And that's really cool. Here's where it gets even cooler. Like you, you think it's cool and then it gets even better. <laughs> it gets even better. Because in verse 18 of chapter 22, We've got the angel of the Lord. We've got Jesus himself. This is Jesus. Speaking to Abraham. Yeah. Right. And he is telling him about this future seed of his. Yeah. Which is actually Jesus. Which is actually him. And it's really significant that that word seed is singular. Yes. Because when I read it with my English eyes, I think, oh, his offspring, which yes. I think we probably all think you of. You think of all his descendants. Especially right? in the context of the promise that God has made him, right? Right. And so, um, to know that it's a singular seed, you start thinking about, well, who could that be? Well, obviously it's got to be Jesus. But then you took us other places. Genesis, the seed yeah, the will seed. crush the head mm-hmm. of the serpent. And there's one other spot. And then Galatians, where Paul says that that is not seeds, plural, in, in that chapter. It's, it's seed singular because it was pointing to one person who is right. Jesus Christ. All the same language, all the same word pointing to the same person. And yeah. so the trippy part is that Jesus is talking to Abraham, who he, you, you said would physically come from his, from his uh, lineage, yeah. right? Jesus is coming from Abraham's lineage down the road, but he is talking to him in real time about a future seed, which is actually Which is actually Jesus. him. He's actually talking about himself. In like the third person yeah. to his ancestor. Yes. It gets wild. To, 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 his an, to the man he created, but to his ancestor. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's and, like back to the future, and right? to add another wrench into it, <laughs> <laughs> According to Colossians 1, he actually created Abraham, yeah, right? Like he created Abraham. And John 1, right? Like he yeah. was, he's eternal. He, nothing yeah. was made without him. Right. So there's depth to this. Yeah. Yeah. He created him, but he's going to come from him. And he's there that day. And he's talking about the future when he's the seed. And it's, it's so crazy. But to me, it's so cool because the very one, because Jesus knew that I, it's going to be on this mountain that that seed is going to provide for and the salvation. Exactly. I'm going to climb this mountain. Like, And the maybe the final thing that makes it so cool is he's looking down and speaking to Abraham in the very spot that he is. That he's going to give going up to his life. Crucified, and right? he knows it. The whole time he's having this conversation, he knows that. Abraham doesn't, but he does. And he's talking about himself. Man, that's crazy. And he's talking about. If you think the Bible's boring, it's probably on you because there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of cool stuff in there. Right. Wow, that's yeah. really neat. That's really cool. And then, man, you said something else. You kind of painted this whole picture. And my mind always kind of goes here ever since I've started watching Chosen. But then when you said this, I really went there. Just like 
this whole opening thing of the ram, and this isn't biblical, right? This is just in our mind's eye or in our imagination, but the ram, you know, at the same time, Abraham is, is climbing Moria with his son. The ram is on the other side of the, yeah. the mountain climbing and just like this beautiful picture yeah. of that. And dude, Dallas, yeah. Dallas, if you're listening, I know this is like the intro of intros. Can somebody get this to him because he needs to put this in a future oh, chosen man. episode? So cool. Yeah. Cause it's that good. This God's story is that good. Yeah, right? it is. It is that good. Okay. I think that, oh, wait a second. Did we already talk about it? I made a note that you said something about three days yesterday and you wish you could talk more about this. Did you already mention oh, that? Oh, uh-huh. That was the... The Septuagint, same language, used a oh, resurrection. Same language, used okay, there. They, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of that. I think the thing I would do, Jordan, is just come back that it is the story of God providing. And all of us right now have something we need provision for. And a lot of us, it's like, I have no idea how that's going to happen. And so this amazing God who died for me and gave everything for me, as, as Romans 8.32 says, will he not also give you everything you need? And so let's lean into him as our provider that he sees beforehand. He's already been at work. He's at work right now. And let's uh, try to mirror the faith of Abraham. So, yeah. And Isaac, even, as we said. You know, it's, it's hard what sometimes when someone just says, well, God will provide. And you just have to have, you know, blind faith on that. But when you read an intricate story like this and you see just the way that God provided and what it really meant to him and the way that it was so intentional and mirrored the future death of Jesus. Um, it just makes you say, yeah, I think I can trust that God. Yeah. I think he's good enough. And I think he's great enough yeah. that I can trust and It kind him. of makes you think of the Ruth story, right? Because the Ruth story wasn't just about God providing for her. He was, he had bigger fish to fry. Mm. Messiah was going to come. Yeah. Right? And so even in this, he says, I'm not only providing for you, I'm providing, this is all about, I'm going to provide for everybody, all nations. Like, that, yes. even in my story, he's doing something even bigger He's providing for me, but through me, he's providing for other things that I have no clue. And oftentimes when we have a need, it's easy for us to, to zoom in so far to our situation and think, what is my need? And we don't really think in that language of like, what is God doing on a bigger scale? But oftentimes that is the time we need to be having that perspective the most Yeah, because he is doing something bigger Yeah, and he's not just going to meet your need. He's going to paint, yep. paint it into this tapestry yeah, of like right. this beautiful mural of stuff and you're a small part of it. And so... I guess a, a word of encouragement to just keep that mentality yep. that if you're, if you have a need right now, whether it's health or physical or otherwise, um, that God is good and he is great. And so your need is a small part of a bigger picture. And so God wow. sees you, That's cares good. for you. Um, but whatever happens, um, that he's doing something bigger yeah. and something really beautiful. And we just got to have, have faith that he's doing that. Dude, if I ever get a chance to preach this somewhere in the future, I'm going to add that to it. That's that's really good. Which part? That part about the bigger picture. We just kind of, right now, we just kind of threw that together. Mm. And that, I didn't even talk about that yesterday. But that's really true. It's, it's I'm, really, I'm just reading the notes you gave me, Gary. I'm just, <laughs> that, that's okay. yeah, you give me a script for every one of these and I just follow exactly what you say. So good job, man. Just kidding. Okay, we probably should script this more. It would probably be a little more. <laughs> People have probably tuned out now. Like, okay, they're rambling. Yeah. Okay, that was really useful. You you took us out on a good challenge and encouragement there. So thank you for that, Garen. Um, hey, next next week, any sneak peek? We're getting down. It's just the last. Every 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 week we end with me saying, hey, we're getting down to the end of this. You're like, oh, yeah. we're actually uh, <laughs> still six weeks away. <laughs> it's the last Yahweh one. So we're oh, finishing up. Oh, man. And... Uh, 
Man, it's a tough one. I saved the, the hardest for last. So oh, it's hard, huh? I'm still wrestling with some things with it. Harder than a man almost yeah, murdering hard, his son? Harder than a man killing his, like, yeah, almost killing his son. Shoot. So. <laughs> when I get to new creation, I'm beelining for Isaac. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, take me through it. Because I... <laughs> Were things weird with your dad after that? Because <laughs> how was it not a little? <laughs> I mean, just imagine Kieran, like you've both got all the faith in the world, but then afterwards, it's still got to be a little yeah. weird, right? <laughs> like, so, uh, <laughs> God tell you anything? Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. Not a, yeah. God been saying anything to you. Yeah. You gotta let me know. Give me a heads up, maybe. <laughs> You know, next time, Dad, don't don't raise the knife over me as I'm looking. Just like club me in the back of the head, okay? Just like while I'm sleeping, would you just take me out quiet? Because yeah. that was too stressful. Or just go, hey, look, look over there. And then as I look, yeah, then, then you raise it. So, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. All right.